Tuesday, April 17th, having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, it was about a year ago that we talked about the Target retail stores and how they had made a decision to allow transgenders to use the bathroom of their choice. There was a public outcry. However, Target decided that was the right thing to do. Recently in Chicago, a self-identified transgender male entered a ladies' room. There was a little girl in the store, and unfortunately, what we warned might happen did happen. Now, I'm happy to say the girl was not physically harmed, but unfortunately, she found herself in a predicament that will probably be a scar on her for the rest of her life. The point in the discussion previously, Tom, that we had was not that every person dealing with gender confusion would have such motivations and desires. Our point was the policy is exactly what opens the door for that and loses modesty, security, and privacy. Actually, this is the second time this has happened in a Target store since that policy has been enacted. Interestingly, these regulations are not coming from the federal government under the Trump administration, but they are coming on state levels and and local levels. In fact, in Anchorage, there was an attempt to restore privacy and security and safety and modesty to public facilities. Indeed, nearly 53% of the voters in Anchorage cast their ballots against Proposition 1, which was proposed by a nonprofit Christian policy group, Alaska Family Action. That would have meant biological males use the men's room and biological females use the ladies' room. That failed. That's not a target or a private company that has embraced the policy. That was a public vote on the issue, and it was narrow, but it turned it down. So now, whatever happens in those public facilities in Anchorage, Anchorage, Alaska, the voting population of Alaska has to bear responsibility for it. But Tom, it's not just simply a matter of security, as important as that is. It's also a matter of clarity. It's a matter of chaos that is being introduced. It's a matter of loopholes. We are constantly filtering stories that are coming to us of males who say, I identify as a female and go out and win a what historically would have been a female track event. We even have this whole issue that was recently publicized of the Iranian soccer team. The Daily Wire reported the Iranian women's soccer team has found a loophole. Instead of comprising a team of actual women, they have added eight full-grown men who claim they are transgender and awaiting sex changes. Interestingly, the country with the largest number of existing are those waiting in line for sex change operations is Iran. In the Muslim country, if you are a homosexual, there is a public penalty of death. Those executions are carried out in various Muslim countries under Sharia law. Interestingly, Iran does allow sex change operations. So what many of them are doing is not actually getting the sex change operation, but declaring their desire for the sex change operation and declaring that what they actually are are transgender. By doing that, they escape the specter of the death penalty, but most of them are not carrying it out. Yet a number of them are quote-unquote athletes, or a number of them claim a transgender identity in order to compete in the arena of female athletes as males and just intentionally are making these claims, which of course, again, that's something that in previous programs we said would happen. 
so just as there is the consequence of the loss of privacy, modesty, security, and safety in bathrooms in the transgender ideology of the sovereign self, I can be what I want to be, and whatever I want to be is what I actually am. Not what I am is what I am, but what I declare myself to be, the self-identity of my gender. Fact is that positions them with certain physical advantages in the field of competition and sports. Now you've got an Iranian women's soccer team that now has a majority of men who are actually playing as women because they self identify as women. Some of them are on a list for a sex change operation that in reality they're not going to get. So thus you see the chaos and the confusion. Now my prediction is to deal with that you'll ultimately just have to remove any male and female distinctions in the arena of sports and you just have a team and everybody has to compete. So Title IX you can forget because now women will be back into the situation where they cannot have protection to have equal resources for female competition that males have because any male can identify as a female and even if it's just three or four or five or whatever, you have by chaos transformed the landscape of competition And thus, again, you have relegated women who identify as women, and they are women, into a position where they will not be able to compete on a level playing field because now men have access to their playing field, whatever the sport might be, if they simply identify as a woman. Harry, how times have changed in just a generation. It was in 1959, the movie came out with Marilyn Monroe, Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, Some Like It Hot, in which Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon dressed up as women to be a part of an all-women's orchestra. It was a comedy that everyone thought was just hilarious and ridiculous. And comedy, instead of a parody, becomes a prognosticator of future life. Sin ultimately is idolatry, and that is the exaltation of the sovereign self instead of surrender to the sovereign God. That there is a God who made us, and this God made us for his glory, and our joy is in living as he has made us. Now, you can't do that without coming to Christ, who will liberate us from a sin nature that declares the sovereignty of myself over the sovereignty of God. And so now, men and women sovereignly say to a sovereign God, you made us like this, but we declare that we are this. And so we will live as we sovereignly declare ourselves to live. And there is no such thing as objective truth to tell me I'm wrong. I can do what is right in my own eyes. So none of this is new. Traces all the way back to the garden, traces all the way back to the judges, where repeatedly it says that they did what was right in their own eyes. It also traces back to the fact that sin produces death, the death of sports organizations, the death of competition, physical death, spiritual death. Sin always brings death, and sin always brings confusion. The reality is you can't be on the field of life to play in the field of life if you take away the boundaries that God has established. Imagine going to play a football game in which there are no sidelines. What we are telling God is your boundary lines are not ours. We will worship and serve the creature and we will declare as null and void all of your distinctions that you have established. We will declare ourselves sovereign over those. The result, death. The result, confusion. When a husband or a wife walks out of a marriage and the one who is the victim 
having experienced the brokenness that comes when someone walks away from the marriage, looks at me and says, Pastor, can you help me understand why they did what they did? And my answer is always, I can tell you what they are saying, and I can tell you what influenced them, but I can't help you understand because sin never is understandable. It never makes sense. Always destructive. It is always chaotic. And what we are doing, telling God we will not be what you made us to be, doesn't make sense. It not only brings death in life, it brings the death of hopes and dreams, and it brings the death of order within life. And now is introduced chaos and meaningless within a society as it descends into a neo-paganism where humanity worships and serves itself. But there is an antidote to this, and the antidote is not simply sensible public policy based upon creation law. It is also the glorious surrender to a proclamation of good news that Jesus Christ can liberate us from our sins, not only the shame of them, not only the guilt of them, but the power of them, so that with great joy we can be who he made us to be for his glory. And in that comes an escalating joy that is glorious. And I pray that, again, that would abound within our society. As we close out, let me remind you, you can subscribe to this podcast. It's easy. On your tablet or your smartphone, go to your iTunes icon. Type in Today in Perspective with Harry Reader. Each and every weekday, automatically will download a new edition of Today in Perspective to you. A great way to stay in touch. We'll do stop by again tomorrow, Wednesday. We continue with our conversation as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective.